Live from the JSA Podcast Studio, presenting Data Movers, showcasing the leaders behind the headlines in the telecom and data center infrastructure industry. Welcome to our new podcast series, Data Movers. I'm your host, Jamie Scott Okutaya, founder and CEO of JSA. And along with me, my, my friend, my cohort, my co-host, top B2B social media influencer, Mr. Evan Christel. Hey, Evan. Hey, how are you? Good to see you, everyone listening. And welcome to Data Movers, where we sit down with the movers and shakers in today's data telecom and datacom world and really uh, interview a who's who of the industry. And we've had some great guests, and I look forward uh, immensely to our guest today. Yes, me as well. And, and what a day today is. Um, you know, as we're recording this, uh, the inauguration celebration is, is in the background. Um, you know, whether you're blue or red, um, your party affiliation, um, it is something to witness the transfer of power um, and, and the nation hopefully taking a collective sigh and, uh, and really call this call for unity um, has me thinking about, you know, how we can even establish that perhaps in our day-to-day moving forward. Yeah, the least of which uh, not being uh, social media. Let's take the temperature down on social media. Uh, there are already reports that there's less vitriol and anger and hate um, now that we seem to move post-Trump. And let that be a sign of things to come. Let's Let's look at the positive, the, the good side of social that we all love so much, the educational side, the discovery, the science, and the connection, and less of the darker side. So here, here. Yeah. And, you know, you think about our, our previous presidents, I feel like uh, Obama and, and Trump are both social celebrities uh, in their own rights, had huge Twitter followings before they lost their Twitter account, uh, speaking about Trump. Uh, but um, but uh, social influence had, had really helped them secure the White House uh, during their, their election. So Biden really comes in not only as the oldest president and a Catholic, a uh, second time, uh, we have a Catholic in the White House, but, but also as um, not, not so much a social, social celebrity. So Yeah, let's keep it that way. Let, boring yeah. is good. Someone said, you know, politics isn't everything. And let's get back to where politics is more sort of background noise than constant uh, uh, agitation. So on that note, I think we have a great guest today, Jamie. Yes. And talking about unity, I'm so excited um, with our our next guest here at Data Movers. Um, Today, we welcome Chin Fang. He's the founder and CEO of Zetar Incorporated. Thanks, uh, Chin, for, for joining us. So I, I've been really reading your bio and your company background with intrigue and, and interest. So let's start off with the basics. Give us sure. an introduction to Zetar, in particular, the really cool science fiction-like name. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Zatar is just, uh, by the way, is uh, uh, playing a pun on two words, okay? Zatar is time to the 23rd power, so it's a huge number. And Tar is... At least in uh, com- to computing people, it means uh, tape archive. So it means also getting data together. So the two in combination means a lot of data together. Oh, that's, that's what Zata means. 
Yeah. And so what do you what do you do at Zatar? I founded the company in 2008. Upon seeing uh, the AWS uh, S3 came into scene around that time, it was announced in 2006. I had been uh, in IT industry back then for quite a while. So I knew, well, uh, this thing is going to proliferate. And indeed, true. Nowadays, you see many, many cloud uh, providers, not just in compute, also cloud storage. Okay. Azure, Google, that's the, the other two big ones. But back then, there was only AWS, so-called simple storage service, uh, S3. I thought, no, this is not going to be standalone for sure. So I was looking into uh, a so-called cloud federation, meaning how can you use multiple services uh, in a simple, transparent manner? And now, even now, it's still a challenge to a lot of enterprises. So-called multi-cloud is not that simple, okay? But then uh, around 2014, I came to the realization, oh, uh, cloud storage uh, stores a lot of data. And moving a lot of data is actually a more challenging problem that needs to be solved first. So I switched or what you call pivoted, okay, into moving data at scale and the speed. That's how it got started. I hope that that answer makes sense to you so far. Yeah. In fact, we call our podcast Data Movers. So you're the penultimate example of our perfect guest. Okay. You've, been around, uh, you've been around the block. You know, you've been in many conferences, uh, one of which you talked about uh, the analogy to transporting water as, as, yeah. as data movement. Um, hopefully that's not because water is always leaking when you're traveling around. Oh, uh, no, no, help, no. Us, help us understand that analogy for our listeners. Okay. Um, I'm uh, in, uh, living and working in Northern California. So I tend to use a very famous uh, late 19th century, early 20th century engineering feat in the United States as an example. It's the Hachi Hachi uh, aqueduct project. Okay. It transports water from the uh, Yosemite, Hachi Hachi Valley or reservoir to the Bay Area to uh, provide the water supplies, okay? And it, as you can see, uh, crossing various different um, landscapes, uh, like mountains and uh, plants and all that, it's a pretty significant engineering endeavor. So uh, I typically pose this question to my audience. For a large water transport project, what are the four major elements to make the project successful? And this question is innocently simple, but it also got people to think and scratch their head for a while. So I will just make the answers uh, available right now. It actually starts off with a reservoir with sufficient water level. I mean, if you don't have a reservoir, how can you transport water? That's obvious, right? The next one actually uh, is also obvious, if I say it. It's uh, like a pipes, large diameter pipes. Why pipes, plural? It's because the rate, the volume, and the redundancy. What if a pipe is leaking? You just mentioned the leak, right? <laughs> so what can you do? So you need that. So pipes. How about the third one? Electricity. Of course, you need it to power everything. Then finally, what is it? Pumps. Again, plural. Why? The volume, the water volume, the rates, and the redundancy again. Okay, what if a pump, single pump fails? 
you need redundancy. So these four actually uh, are the essential elements. I hope so far uh, I am understandable and you agree with the way I explained it. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, reservoir, pipes, electricity, pumps, build, building in that redundancy, I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. How does that relate to, um, to moving data? In fact, moving data requires almost logically the same elements, four elements. And without a fast storage, how can you fill the rest of the path with data? You can't. I mean, let's say you have only a slow USB stick. Can you transfer a lot of data long distance? No way, right? So you need a formal, serious, enterprise-grade, fast data storage to begin with. Then you also need fast connections. I mean, if you use your home connection, obviously you cannot go very fast. If you're on a Wi-Fi, especially a low-quality one, oh, come on, even your Zoom session may flip, okay? So, so connection, the bandwidth is important, just like the pipes. Then the third one is, I mean, if you are on a very, very old computing device, say something uh, from like uh, 2000, can you uh, do your job well? Not even running Microsoft Word will be a pleasant experience, right? So computing power. Then finally, the software, and it, it has to be highly efficient. Otherwise, just like pumps, I mean, if the pumps are not well built, well designed, how can you pump the water? So exactly the same four elements. So the water transport analogy is an excellent analogy to make people understand. And people learn best often from learning from examples. Oh, I love that. So, so Zetar ZX is your platform. Yeah. And you talk about software. simplicity and scalability and efficiency. Yeah. How long has that platform been in development and underway? Uh, since 2014. And we initially... Uh, Recall what we discussed a while ago, we uh, paid attention to cloud federation. Then we came to the realization, oh no, I mean, actually federating a cloud or put, using so-called today, in today's uh, words as commodity cloud, actually you need the ability to move data around. I mean, between cloud from uh, uh, your premises, on-premise uh, to a uh, cloud and all that, and maybe coming back. So um, the... Uh, in 2014, we started pivoting to moving data. And then uh, that's the beginning of it. And if you have any false-related follow-up question, just pump me. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we have lots of uh, details to dive into. Oh, sure. Um, but be before we do, we love, we love to get a sense of the stories behind the leaders like yourself in our industry. So, so let's take a little step back. Uh, I see on your bio here, you're, you're originally from Taiwan. You came over to the U.S. Yeah. Um, you immediately got a, a master's degree and at Stanford, then went on to get a Ph.D. at Stanford. Yeah. So is that because you were rejected at Harvard and MIT or how did that? <laughs> Uh, you know, my my folks were living in California. Even is a really tough guy. Okay, I can tell you, he asked the tough questions. So I have a soft answer. How about that? <laughs> Actually, uh, my folks uh, who were living in Los Angeles area, I didn't want to go too far because they were old. So I applied the East Coast, like MIT and all that, but Stanford gave me a mission first, okay? So I said, well, I mean, that's only 400 miles, not that much by United States standard, right? So I just took it and went to Stanford instead. 
So it's not because uh, not because I have something negative to say about MIT or East Coast Ivy League Ivy legal uh, colleges. Okay, no, 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 they are excellent colleges. Yeah, just I like to be close to my family. That's all. That's uh, lovely. And and then how did you go from you know a PhD to launching a career in IT? That's that's a you know quite a compelling path. Uh, it's actually what you call serendipity. Mm-hmm. Serendipity, yep. Yeah, my PhD advisor, back then he was the chairman of uh, uh, Stanford's aerospace department. He gave me a, uh, a PhD uh, topic, dissertation topic, that turned out after some uh, a sleepless night to be a very, very difficult problem to solve. It's uh, um, called uh, design a thick composites. But if you translate that, into a mathematical formulation, okay? It actually is a one class of the most difficult uh, solved mathematical problem called discrete optimization. So I, uh, because of that, I needed a lot of computing power. And luckily the Stanford Computing Center back then, uh, IBM donated a bunch of a very powerful force uh, workstation called RX6000. R as in Richard, S as in Smith, 6,000, that's the number, okay? So I hooked up as many as I could. And finally, uh, my activity called the upstairs uh, uh, system management people, especially the manager's attention. One day he called me up, he said, Chen, uh, would you like to work in my group? Well, the, the rest is the end of the story. <laughs> I love it. History in the making right there. And I also, because the dissertation is so computational intensive, so naturally I became better and better in uh, uh, software, uh, IT stuff in general, especially with the mentoring of my uh, manager back then at the Stanford Computing Center. As someone who keeps a very tight pulse on the industry, what do you see as the biggest trends in IT in the next three to five years? Ah, yeah, actually, you already, uh, we already see it is the adoption of the cloud storage services. Yes. And, but uh, right now, the uh, one big hindrance is that uh, uh, many people still do not uh, have the knowledge, solution, or skill to uh, about moving data at a scale and the speed. So, and as you know, cloud is a remote resources. And if the enterprise or institutional organization wants to interact with cloud, the data must be moved. Otherwise, without data, you cannot do compute. Without data, you cannot have um, the information available in the cloud anyway. So, so once this stage is overcome, hopefully with our solution and uh, software, then it will be accelerated. So that will be more and more. So people can do more AI in the cloud, for instance, can do more machine learning in the cloud, for instance, can do more uh, like a biomedical research in the cloud, for instance, it will good for everybody. So the, the, that trend will be accelerating with the moving data and the scale and speed. And you think the pandemic really fast forwarded our adoption? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's a trigger, what I call at this stage, it's a trigger. It's a motivation, very strong motivation, because as you can see that the revenue of major cloud providers or even the second tier one all went up, have gone up, not just one, have gone up. Yeah, the being, being able to move data at a scale and speed efficiently and simply, transparently, scalably will accelerate this process. And the cloud is a good thing to have for everyone. It's really the foundation yeah. of digital transformation, right? Oh, yeah. It is oh, yeah. Transformation. yeah. 
And we, we've so, seen the cloud wars emerge with AWS versus Azure versus Google Cloud and Alibaba, this whole, this whole uh, landscape. Uh, do you see winners and losers there, or is it? Do you think it's just win-win for all the major players? Uh, you know, uh, even you always ask me uh, tough questions, so I like to give you soft answers. My answer is simple: <laughs> let them fight it out. Let the market decide. Yes, is that a good one? It's good. Worked so far. So I, oh, I, I too after this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, it's a great, a great marketplace. A great time to be in our industry. So yeah. let's let's shift fire. Have a little bit of fun. We, okay. we uh, want to give our listeners a little more insight into you and your personality. Um, so let me let me ask you a few uh, trivia questions. Let's call them. Sure. What's the most used app on your phone? I, I, iPhone, Samsung, whatever it might be. What, what do you use, uh, like daily, I, hourly? I, I use the Samsung. Uh, and uh, the uh, you will be surprised that the app I use most often depends on the day of uh, the time of the day. So in daytime, I tend to use uh, uh, text messages. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. uh, and I also make phone calls. Of, of course, that's what the phone is for. But, uh, You're very uh, old school, very traditional here. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 not really, not really, not really. I tend to work with uh, both uh, European customers and uh, uh, Middle East customers and uh, customers in the APAC region. With them, I use uh, WhatsApp. Yeah. And you don't use it just for uh, text messages and phone calls, and you can use it for many things, even. Uh, 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 forward pictures and forward shot documents. It's a quite versatile tool. So, what? What? Do you, what? Uh, next question. What? What technology or innovation do you personally look forward to seeing in the years to come? Is it a gadget, a device? A, is it a technology? Is it VR, AR? I mean, what are you personally excited about on the mm, tech front? I, I think the the most exciting uh, technology in developing and uh, it's progressing is the uh, the the persistent memory. The uh, Intel is working on, but I'm very, very sure sooner or later other uh, uh, competitors will come into thing and uh, probably give Intel a hard time, just like AMD and ARM have given Intel a hard time these days. Yeah. yeah, I think I know the answer to this, but what was your favorite subject in school when you were young? I'm guessing math, but please correct me. If, if uh, no, uh, when, uh, when you said, said the word young, I'm really, uh, you need to define that it's a preteen or teenager or in college, your okay? Your okay, yeah. so I'll give you three, okay? Uh, okay. Initially, um, I think I like uh, history a lot. Nice. Then I like uh, uh, in uh, um, early teen, I like literature. Mm -hmm. Then in late teen, I became fascinated with the physics and the gradually math. And in college, sure, math. I did my dissertation with the statistics, Monte Carlo simulation. Nice, nice. So it evolves. Uh, it doesn't really always does. the same. And I'm, I'm back to history again. So I don't know. It's like we always go back to what... Uh, fascinated us as kids and how do you spend your time when you're not working um long oh, hours uh, you know do you like to, how do you compress that that's why uh, california is still a great place although bay area is extremely expensive and uh, it just has such a fantastic outdoor uh, environment i love outdoors yeah you're and, in the right place i mean san francisco is a dream and 
I miss oh, yeah. it. You know, I'm based here in Boston. I miss my trips out west. And Jamie, I'm sure you miss your trips out east. Yeah, I agree with you, Jen. Like, there's no better place to survive the pandemic than out here in the beautiful sun. Oh, yeah. 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 Even though we are confined in Santa Clara Valley, uh, within uh, once you go beyond 150 miles, you come back, you have to... Uh, uh, quarantine yourself for two weeks but even within 150 miles there are lots of to see so i don't really feel that bad yeah i mean you can at least get some sun on your face and oh yeah oh yeah absolutely absolutely off, right <laughs> yeah so well, um, and congratulations on all the success and we look forward oh, thank to you. watching your big data grow story grow even bigger so thanks for coming on the thank show you. We uh, we just really enjoyed getting to know you, Chin, as as a Thank leader you. in history, uh, and as as a person. Um, you know, your background story was was just uh, so fascinating. Thank you so much Thank you. For, for being with us here today, Chin. For our listeners, if you enjoyed today's Data Movers podcast, be sure to check us out jsa.net slash podcast for upcoming Data Movers episodes. We release them every other week on Wednesday morning, so go ahead and listen in. And is- Additionally, you know, uh, I'm not sure if you're on Twitter, but if you are, follow us at Jay Scotto and Evan Kerstell, and you can get back to uh, normal Twitter, let's say, or pre-Trump Twitter, and take the temperature <laughs> down. So, so look forward to talk, chatting more after the show. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys again, and uh, for everyone out there, happy networking. 